One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's a it's a T-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your health care. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number smart beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. This episode is brought to you by the Center for Addiction and Mental Health here in Toronto. Cutting-edge, state-of-the-art, compassionate facility. Right now, it is Mental Health Awareness Week. This is the time when they need you most. This is the time when you can make a real difference when it comes to doing something about the mental health crisis and the devastating opioid epidemic, the overdose epidemic that we're currently experiencing, losing 20 people every day. They need your help. Donate at camh.ca slash CanadaLand to help CAMH treat addiction and build hope. This episode of Canada Land is brought to you by Douglas, a mattress that is trusted by more than 200,000 Canadians from coast to coast to coast. It's a great mattress at a very reasonable price point. Comes with a 20-year warranty and a great deal for our listeners. Douglas is giving you a free sleep bundle with each mattress purchase. Get the sheets, pillows, mattress, and pillow protectors free with your Douglas purchase today. Visit douglas.ca slash CanadaLand to claim this offer. That is douglas.ca slash CanadaLand. Simon Haupt is here. How Hooped Haupt. Really? We're starting like that? What is it? Haupt. Uh, writes for... The Globe and Mail. Welcome to Shortcuts. This episode of Shortcuts is brought to you by Steve LaRocque. Eric Nelson, Craig Desson, Christian Mulse, Robert Bishop, Russell Gordon, Sharice Watson, Brad Sorensen, Peter Schofman, and Supriya Duvetti. This episode is sponsored by BetterHelp. Uh, it's amazing the things that we tell ourselves to talk ourselves out of getting help. Anybody who's actually gotten help knows that the process of getting things off your chest, of taking your stressors, your problems, and just like not letting them be bottled up, working through just conveying them to somebody, half of the battle is just doing that. You unburden yourself. And you know what? If you have a real mental health professional, no, they don't have magic bullets or magic words that make it all go away. But often they can help you see things a little bit differently and guide you to strategies or tools or to a new perspective that actually does Help. As the largest online therapy provider in the world, BetterHelp can provide access to mental health professionals with a wide variety of expertise in mental health. Because you listen to this podcast, you get 10% off of your first month 
at betterhelp.com slash CanadaLand. That's betterhelp.com slash CanadaLand. This episode is brought to you by Douglas, a mattress trusted by more than 200,000 Canadians from coast to coast to coast. Trust is important. There are a lot of mattress lies out there, a lot of mattress liars. And I, I, I didn't intend the pun, but it occurred to me that there is one as I was saying those words. Listen, I am not lying to you. Uh, I have uh, experienced the Douglas mattress. It is an exceptional mattress at a surprisingly affordable price point. It is a mattress that sleeps cool. doesn't have that weird thing in the summer where the mattress gets like an oven. It's a very good product. It's delivered to your house in a box. You don't have to go to a big mattress store. It is a medium firm mattress, which is what Canadians prefer, and it comes with a 365-night trial and a 20-year warranty. What more can I tell you? Douglas is giving our listeners a free sleep bundle with each mattress purchase. Get the sheets, pillows, mattress, and pillow protectors free with your Douglas purchase today. Visit douglas.ca slash CanadaLand to claim this offer. Look, thank you for being here, okay? Thank you. Um, I subjected myself to your editorial process. Mm -hmm. It's always a vulnerable thing to do that. You don't know what the person's going to use. You don't know how they're going to, what cast, what lens they're going to put you through. Um, And I participated with your process and uh, I'm glad that you're here on my terms in my space. And I, I, I see that you're recording this as well. And I do edit this show, but given the circumstances, I'll post the full unedited audio on the website as well. Okay. So that's fine. You can do with it whatever you want. Yeah. Um, Just, uh, does that sound fair to you? Jesse, I'm, I'm, I'm here as your guest. I want to talk about the ideas in the piece, the critique, and there is a substantive critique of me in the piece, and there are ideas in the piece, but we can't get into that yet because there's a charge in your piece, and I think it's the most serious charge that one can make about a journalist, to say that a journalist has lied to his audience, has faked something for his audience, uh, I think it, it challenges the fundamental principle that I'm in the business of telling people the truth. And I need to, you know, get very specific about that with you here because I don't feel that it was represented properly in, in, in your story. And I don't feel that the way you went about getting that information was ethical. So can we get into that? Sure, of course. Any casual reader or even a close reader of it would finish reading that original piece since clarified and think that A, I had faked a segment that was broadcast on CBC radio. Most people think of a pilot as something that they see, the first episode of a show. Yeah, I don't agree, but that's okay. That's that's your perspective. So sure. I think that development is not a widely understood term, um, that, that that this was not broadcast. And, and I think the Globe has acknowledged that by clarifying that this was not broadcast. And the other thing you wrote is that when executives discovered this, they were angry at Brown and whatnot. Now, that is technically true that they discovered it, but they discovered it because I told them about it. So I think that a casual reader of that piece would think that, A, it was broadcast, and B, I was found out. And I think that that makes a substantive difference. I think that that sounds like I was trying to get away with fooling the public. And that is an important point that I, I must take up with you, Simon. Um, I have asked a number of people about your uh, complaints, um, both inside and outside the globe. In fact, quote unquote, casual readers. Um, and they read it differently. Um my 82-year-old father knows what a pilot is, knows what development means, um, and uh, I think we're all pretty savvy. I mean, you you often acknowledge how savvy this media world uh, is and how savvy readers and listeners are. Um, I think that's true, uh, generally speaking, and so um, I did not think to 
note specifically that the pilot episode that was in development did not air. And, and, you know, but when, of course, you uh, complained to my editor and that uh, complaint got passed up to our public editor, um, she looked at it. Uh, and my understanding is she said, well, you know, uh, if, if Jesse feels it's important, then we will clarify for, um, uh, you know, the reader who may have missed that point. And to the point about having been discovered by the executives, you didn't feel that it was important to specify that I had revealed that myself to them? Well, to be honest, the the story that you sent me um, was long. It, the piece itself, I mean, it's kind of funny because a number of people said, um, wow, the piece is so long. Boy, the Globe really must hate Jesse to, you know, spend so many words. But, you know, if I'd spent another hundred words actually giving all of the context that you've just given. Simon, when executives discovered it versus when Brown revealed this to executives. It's not a real substantive difference in your word count. Frankly, I didn't think it was important. I think discover means to find out. You read it in a particular way because you feel as if I had an agenda in this piece, I guess. Um, well, let's not let's not assert okay, motives sure. to okay, each other. No, no, fair enough. I read it in a different way. I can tell you that others have read it that way. I've asked, and there are people on Twitter said I absolutely read that. Sure, thinking that, sure. And you know, we could play this if you want to, and I can show you lots of people. But doesn't that read concern you way. that people read it that way? That people read your piece and and and, and misunderstood what happened? I, and well, you know, I, I'd be happy to discuss this because <clears throat> I think that um, is actually. Um, quite interesting how people received the piece and how they perceived it uh, and what they took away from it. Um, I, I heard from lots of people who did not read it that way. Uh, you know, I, I believe um, honorable men can differ. Um, I think you're an honorable man. Uh, I, you can think of me what you will. Um, but I think, yes, we have, a, we have um, an honest difference of opinion here. The second point I got to take up with you, Simon, is the way that you solicited a comment for me on that point. What you said to me was that you had an on-the-record account, an on-the-record account of these allegations. Yes. My source went on the record with that particular story. Okay. Um, with the particular story about the contrarians, you had a source that went on the record. Yes. Why is there nobody quoted on the record in the resulting story? Because I didn't feel the need to use the quote. You later told me that they asked to not be attributed. Jesse, you know there's a difference between on the record and not for attribution. Yes. So how can somebody be both on the record and not for attribution? What were your sources in the Gomeshi story? They were on the record, but not for attribution, I presume. When we went to Gomeshi, we did not say, we have on the record allegations about you. Because I think that the clear implication there would be that we have people who are willing to put their name. That's not what on the record means, Jesse. I mean, I kind of had a sense that this was what it was going to come down to, was we we're going to get into a semantic argument of what, what on the record means. So what I sure. did was, I presented this scenario to a number of people. Mm -hmm. I presented it to Daniel O'Krent, the first public editor of the New York Times. Mm -hmm. He said it's profoundly unethical and amateurish, too. Okay. I presented it to Dan Gilmore, the director of the Knight Center at the Walter Cronkite School of Journalism. And he said, I always thought on the record meant fully quotable with name attached. Sure, quotable. Doesn't mean you use the quote. I presented it to Ed Wasserman, uh, the dean of the grad school of journalism at UC Berkeley. He gave a more expansive answer. He said, the source deserved to be as fully informed as possible about the allegation before responding to it. It appears that the reporter took refuge in an arcane and arguably imaginary distinction between off the record and not for attribution. I think that was squirrely and borderline deceitful to the degree that the source was induced to comment because he or she believed the accuser would be fully identified. That representation was materially misleading. It's not something reporters ought to do. It's interesting to me that you that are the three people um, men that you reached out to uh, are all American. Um, 
it's entirely possible that they have different practices. The Canadian Association of Journalism is very uh, clear on this. That in fact, um, and you know, you can pull that up if you want. I too uh, spoke with some Canadian journalists um, who adhere to these ethical guidelines, uh, and they were very clear that in fact there is a difference between on the record and for attribution. Furthermore, um, these uh, classifications that we're using uh, are ultimately really just reflective uh, of a contract that an ethical contract that a journalist, the reporter makes with a source. It does not have any bearing on the communication between the journalist and the uh, subject. I, I look, I, if I, I go I, to I, someone <laughs> and say, mm-hmm. Simon, I could act terrifically irresponsibly if I felt ethically okay in going to different sources and saying, I have on the record allegations about you and seeing how they respond and then not publishing it. How does the reader know that you actually had that on the record source? Because you say so. So I could go if I have an inkling that someone's guilty of something and say, I have an on the record source. Mayor Ford, that you smoke crack and in hopes of enticing a, a response from him. And then I can publish a piece saying Mayor Ford denies smoking crack and I can get that quote out of him. And then if anyone asks me, well, where's your on the record source? I go, oh, well, you know, I decided it wasn't important. And, and by the way, they were not for attribution. Not and no, that's if, why we don't do that. No, it's interesting that we're discussing um, <laughs> what we publish and what we don't publish in the, in the name of um, ethics. Uh, but I'm sorry you were not aware of these guidelines that, uh, you know, obviously I guess the mainstream media uh, operates under. I had it on the record source. Um, I, um, it was, I presented you this allegation, you answered it. Um, I, I truly don't see the problem. Uh, and I, and I'm sorry, uh, that you're upset about this. You know, somebody, um, a journalist I respect, um, said to me the other day, you know, it's it's as if people decided they were either a Jesse or a Globe. And I think if you see yourself as a Jesse, then you read the piece, um, you know, for example, as one, as somebody said, uh, you know, as Simon being sent out by, uh, I guess, on the orders of Bell Globe Media to do this hit job on somebody who might challenge um, uh, our our place, uh, you know, as, as the moon and the sun and the stars in Canadian journalism. Uh, I mean, you know, you've worked in big media organizations, much bigger than the Globe. Um, we're a whole lot of individuals who, um, as they say, you know, it's a little like herding cats and trying to give us any kind of direction um, uh, is pretty funny. Yeah, I don't think that there was uh, a directive from uh, mission control of the establishment, you know, that you were going to be the attack dog. No, but that was the allegation that, that a number of people made, which I thought well, was. Well, I, I think that things happen in, in a softer way than that. I mean, I think that because when you were, when you, were you know, countering the Lang story, you didn't mention – that her conflict was not just about the RBC payments, but that it also had to do with the fact that her partner is a board member of the RBC. It seemed like an auspicious thing to omit. Um, no, look, there were uh, the 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 initial <laughs> the initial bombshell story was that she had uh, been paid and that she had uh, by RBC and that she um, waged this quote unquote campaign. Which, and yeah. and and I. Um, didn't see the campaign. I did not see evidence of the campaign. Yeah, you're right that the sum total of her campaign was this uh, conference call. And you don't. As reported right. in, in your piece. Well, what we reported was that the campaign was the conference call plus the editorial in the Globe plus her interview with Gordon Nixon, uh, who's the golf buddy of her boyfriend. No, that, that was not the campaign to quash 
um, uh, or, or sabotage, I believe, the reporting. The reporting was already out there. If you are an investigative reporter on a story, as Kathy Tomlinson was, yes. and the story is developing day after day, and your colleague, who's not a part of that investigation, jumps on the national after you break the story and does a feature interview with the CEO of the company that you're exposing, that's a very positive, unchallenged platform for him to counter your story. Sure, sure. I think you could call that as an effort to sabotage. Okay. Um I'm not going to sit no, here. And, no, 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 no. I, I won't sit here and, and defend um, somebody else's journalism um, because then I, in part, because then I might be taken to be uh, um, a defender of CBC or Amanda or I'm in her camp. Uh, again, I, I mean, I want to be very clear. I th- think I've been very clear that um, I, I'm not defending Amanda Lang. Do, do I think uh, there is a problem? Um, there's a potential conflict of interest. There is a problem of perception. Yeah, of course I do. Yeah. Um, I think anybody who uh, thinks I take it easy on CBC can take a look at my reporting. They can judge for themselves. Um, you know, as you know, uh, I broke a couple of stories in the wake of the Gameshi scandal, the Jennifer Harwood, Lyndon McIntyre. Um, you broke stories? I know. I'm not really a reporter. I thought you weren't. So yeah. Andrew Mitrovica said, you know, oh, this is obviously sour grapes from Simon Hub because he he wishes that he had broken the Gameshi and Lang story, something to that effect. And you responded and said, the word reporter is not in my title. I don't care about scoops. True. That was astonishing to me. You don't care about scoops? You wouldn't have wanted the Gameshi or Lang story? I'm not driven primarily. I was not hired at the Globe uh, um, to break news. Um, I was hired as a feature writer. You say driven by scoops like it's a dirty thing. Like Not at all. No, no, no. Not at all. Scoops is just news. Like you're not driven to report big news stories about the media? Of course. When I find out stories, sure. Um, that is not my primary motivation. That, that's not what gets me up in the morning. I feel I've disappointed you. You've affirmed some things that I've suggested about the Globe, which is that, you know, I don't know what, like, what would you have done if the Gameshi or Lang story had, had come across? My God, across? of course we would, I, we would have pursued it um, as, as much as you did. Do you feel like, like, saying things like that, like, it, it discourages people from coming to you with news? Like, I let it be known that I am, I, that I am interested in scoops, and then the scoops came to me. Right. Like, okay. I don't think it's anything more than that. Uh, why why I have these we, stories. We have a lot of great reporters on staff. And um, I mean, I have, look, I have broken stories uh, in the past year, a number of media stories. Um, and people do come to me with stories and I happily break them. I think you made a really good point about the contradiction or the difficulty of, of trying to do media satire and media criticism and media reporting at the same time. And this is a challenge for Canada Land. It's like, so I've got shortcuts here where it's like kind of off the cuff conversation, you know, extemporaneous. This is totally a long cut, by the way. This, this is, is a this long is cut. Like this a is not a hot take. shortcut. 97 minutes. I mean, this is, yeah. Yeah. I, I, you, you, are, you really have your editing work cut out. We're not going to have uh, time to talk about Eric and Ilsa, I see. But Oh my God, please, let's. Do you think that it's possible? Like, I feel like I've been trying to kind of brand these different parts of Canada land so that Shortcuts is chat about the news and the feature interview is a bit more of a researched, uh, you know, product. And then, and then there's the actual, like, investigative stuff on the site. I, I've tried to kind of signal to people with each different kind of editorial product that it's in a different vein. But I, I totally see that that's... You know, because then you, you, it all comes out the other end and you can say, 
Canada Land reported this. Canada Land said this. You know, in the States, it's 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 good that there is a Jon Stewart that's separate from on the media, that's separate from David Carr. But I think that because of the lack of these things here, it is a bit of a, uh, a balancing act. I, I guess I just see it as like – I see that as the challenge that I, I'm, I'm – that's what I'm trying to do. Do you feel like it can't be done? No, I don't feel it can't be done. I think it's a difficult fit in one person, uh, particularly if you don't, as you say, signal to your listeners or your readers – uh, what your intentions are because I think people um, may read one thing as something else. They may read satire or, um, you know, joking um, as serious reporting or as kind of, as you said, uh, hypothetical speculation. Uh, they may read that as uh, straight reporting, something that you found out. Um, I th- uh, look, we have, I think, um, and I have not discussed this with my editors, um, but, uh, you know, I think um, we have a similar problem sometimes at the Globe, not that we're doing satire, but um, sometimes people will read, uh, for example, a column that may not have uh, a headshot on it as a straight news story. Um, I, you know, that's a problem. Now, part of that, the problem with the Globe is that we're publishing so much on so many platforms that sometimes, you know, a, a headshot, for example, which is a kind of um, ar- archaic way of signaling to the reader, hey, this is somebody's opinion, um, it, you know, that, uh, that that'll get left off and somebody will read it perhaps as a news report. Um, but I think... The goal that you have um, is a good one, uh, and I understand. You know, you are. Um, was it Walt Whitman who said, "You know, I am manifold." I mean, you are many things. Um, you are a funny person who uh, can do satire. Uh, although, honestly, when you did it on the video, the Canada Land stuff, the uh, it, I got um, kind of um, vertigo. Honestly, watching that with the yellow room, with the yellow, it was it was yeah. painful. Uh, but I'm old, right? So um, you know, you millennials um, would have no problem. Um, I'm not sure I make the cut there. I, I know. Um, I was. I was referencing something. Well, the Globe used to be done. more exp- – I mean, you know, I mean, you got into trouble with it when, you know, it was Jan Wong doing opinion and reporting at the same time. And, you know, I, I, I feel like that's where things have been moving in journalism is to blur these lines a little sure. bit. You sure. know, It's interesting to me that you say you are manifold. I think part of the problem is it's, it's too much of a personal journalism project and we're, we're, we're talking exhaustively and too much about me. And as – Never. <laughs> Come on. No. There no. can never be too much Jesse. Seriously, a no. little bit. A little bit. Yeah. Uh, um, that'll be my blurb, by the way, for the Canada Land uh, – uh, ebook. I think that never too much Jesse. It's important to. I'm taking the Jesse Browns off of the top, and as I bring more voices into it, like maybe that's part of it is that it's got to get branded differently, and there's got to be different people delivering different parts of it. The whole field of media criticism has gotten much more complicated, given not just that uh, newspapers like the Globe and the Star and other uh, newspapers publish on uh, all these different platforms, so it's very hard to get a read on exactly what you know the sum total of what these outlets are. But also, of course, there are so many more media outlets. So I think it's much harder to get a bead on things. Um, and often uh, we end up simply falling for confirmation bias. You know, if we think things make, you know, uh, read a particular way, oh, the Globe represents X, the Star represents Y, uh, the New York Times, you know, represents Z, um, that, uh, that we read, through th- read things through that prism. And uh, that brings us back to the piece about you. Lots of people seem to read that piece uh, through a particular prism. I think that you and I are uh, would, would maybe make for the worst morning zoo radio oh. show in uh, the history of radio. 
they wouldn't even bother firing us. They'd just turn off the switch. Simon, listen, uh, I'm glad that we're talking about this stuff. I'm glad you came here to talk with me. And I, I, I want to say very sincerely, thank you very much for being here today. Uh, thanks for having me. All right, that was Canada Land Shortcuts. I hope you enjoyed it. You can always reach me at jesse at jessebrown.ca. The website is at canadalandshow.com. The crowdfunding site is patreon.com slash canadaland. I produced this show with Andrew Norton, and the next episode of Canada Land will be up on Monday. If you like this show, support it. I mean, uh, you know, not even my mother's going to listen to this. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.